For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome on in to Birds 365, a Titans Thursday for you here with your Mac and Mac guys, Jody McDonald, along with my buttoned up partner. That's literally today with a shirt. We'll find out if it's figuratively as well over the next two hours here on Birds 365. Jay Mac, you feeling any better today? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch and go, Jody. Sometimes you take a step forward. Sometimes you take two back. Uh, I'm probably closer to the latter. Yikes. Uh, All right. But but who knows? Uh, You know, I don't feel that bad. It's just a matter of uh, uh, voice type things that are given me. But I don't feel that bad for every day sort of thing. Just can't shake it. That's, uh, apparently, though, that something's going around with the Eagles. We know A.J. Brown uh, had it bad over the weekend, including getting sick enough to pop a blood vessel in his eye. Um, other Eagles, is is that a case? Is it, say, John McMullen maybe part of the media uh, thing going around, or is this something that the Eagles... Well, a lot of people with? have been sick, but, uh, you know, you have, you've had the illness here and there, but the Eagles do a good job of of trying to keep those guys like one AJ, you know, keep them out of the locker room to, to limit the spread as much as possible. Um, you know, I stayed out of the locker room last week when I was contagious or as the doctors say. So, uh, everybody tries to do their part. My buddy Ed Kratz hasn't been there this week cause he's down, uh, dealing with something. So, um, it's not just football players. It's everybody this time of year. And everybody needs to get ready for Sunday because that is the next Eagle game where they try and get to 11 and 1. 
and it is the Tennessee Titans coming down coming to town. And it is A.J. Brown against his former mates. And uh, he was asked about it a lot yesterday. Uh, he said all the right things. Nick Sirianni and his media availability also said the same thing. He just needs to be A.J. Brown, doesn't need to be any more than that, doesn't need to try and do any more than that. You buying any of that? Or do you think that A.J. Brown comes into this game pretty emotionally pumped up? Um. Did you see Nick after the Indianapolis game? Yeah. Um, that's my answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, he said the same thing. Um, yeah, it means more. Um, you know, but you got to control it. I think that's what Nick was trying to say. And um, we'll see how it works. You know, I think the ball security issues may be a silver lining. Uh, the two fumbles uh, because he can focus on that and, and, and instead of, getting wrapped up in, in the Titan stuff. But it didn't end well for him in Tennessee from a perspective of he was upset. He, yeah. you know, he he didn't understand why they didn't want to pay him. Um, and I don't understand it, to be honest. Uh, just, you know, every team has a different sort of valuation chart, positions. They're a run first team. Maybe that played into it. Um and and they decided to go in a different direction. And, you know, he said he feels like he's won. I mean, his team is 10 and 1. Tennessee's still good, probably not as quite as good uh, without AJ. I think that's fair to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, they drafted him. He he developed into a really good player. And for whatever reason, they didn't want to pay him. And I, by the way, I don't even think that was Mike Rabel because at the time, I remember Mike was kind of upset. Uh, he wanted A.J. Brown to stay around. So um, it, you got to make those difficult decisions, and the Eagles are going to have a lot of that after this season when we talked about all the guys on contract years. Um, and not everybody's going to be back. But it is interesting when you have such a young player, because A.J.'s still very young, um, at the apex of his game, you know, why you go away from that – I, I still can't figure it out from the Titans' perspective, to be honest. But I will I will say this for the Titans in in respect to the trade. A.J. Brown has been a major addition for the Eagles. He's having one of the better wide receiver years in the entire National Football League. It wasn't like Tennessee got skunked in the deal. No. They no. got a first and a third. The first they used to pick Traylon Burks, who is attempting to replace A.J. Brown. And he is uh, steadily improving as the year's going on. He's not A.J. Brown. He's probably never going to become A.J. Brown. But he has shown what you want to see out of a rookie, rookie wide receiver. Improvement as the year goes on. They took the third-round pick, turned it into two, uh, two picks, traded it, and got two picks. And both of the guys they picked in those spots are starting for the team right now. So when you say we traded a superstar for three starters, they did add three starters. All three of these guys are starting for Tennessee right now. I don't call that trade a lose. I call it a win-win. Um, yeah, I mean, occasionally, you know, the biggest example of that recently everybody talks about is uh, Stephon Diggs, which turned into Justin Jefferson, and that worked for both of those teams. It It rarely happens that way. This might be another example of something. Uh, that ha that ended up helping uh, both teams. I'm 
more from the perspective of, you know, I'm in the camp of if you get a good player and develop a good player, you probably should keep that good player. Um, and, 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 and there are other ways to look at it, as you mentioned, the numbers game. And that's, you know, obviously the way Tennessee is going to spin it, um, turning it into uh, three potential uh, difference makers. But, you know, he's also 25. I think that part en- enters it as well. It, it, it rarely happens. So to me, it, it, it was, all right, we don't want to pay this position what AJ is going to get paid. That's what it came down to. Sure. For the Titans and their run first team. I mean, they're built around Derrick Henry. So maybe for them it makes more sense than the average team. But I, I think that's a little bit um too hyper focused because that can change overnight. Um and it's more likely <clears throat> long term, you know, hopefully Derrick Henry for them has a a, a, a more long and successful career and continues to play at the level he's playing at. But to find the next Derrick Henry, that probably ain't happening. So you're more likely shifting your your sentiment down the road to to more of a traditional today. What's traditional in the NFL, and that's pass happy offense, whether it comes with a new quarterback as well. Um, it's more likely you're going to shift from a philosophy mode than continue in the same direction. So that's the part, I guess, that I don't understand from their strategy standpoint. But I do like to think, and again, that maybe this is the general manager DNA in me, um, that there's a percentage of fans out there who think that every trade has to have a winner and a loser. And we've thrown that phrase a lot around here on Birds 365 that Howie Roseman wants to, strives to, and oftentimes does win trades. Howie Roseman won the A.J. Brown trade. But I'm telling you, the Tennessee Titans won the A.J. Brown trade, too, because they came away with three players. And they needed to upgrade at the other positions, offensive line and secondary, where they added two players with the third-round pick they got from the Eagles. There's nothing wrong with that. Just because the other team wins the trade doesn't mean Howie Roseman had to lose it. No, he didn't. He got A.J. Brown. He was a perfect fit, exactly what they were looking for during the offseason. So Howie can take a victory lap, but it doesn't mean the Titans can't take a victory lap as well. I hope you're right about A.J. Brown focusing in on the fact that two weeks running, he's put the ball on the ground and that that is the main uh, attention that he's paying this week. I'm a little nervous because you correctly pointed out that Nick Sirianni said all the right things leading up to the cult game. And then he decided to jump on a bench and uh, uh, call out both <laughs> Eagle fans and Titan fans after a little, get a little crazy honest, did Nick? Yeah. I think AJ Brown is that same kind of emotional guy. And uh, hey, if he does what Nick does and he doesn't go off until after the game is over and it's a celebratory show of emotion, okay, yeah, some people may get on his case for it. I won't that much. I didn't get on Sirianni's case all that much. Um, some people thought that Sirianni had a lesser game because of it. And I don't even know if I buy that because Shane Steichen was the one who was calling the plays. And I don't think he was all that motivated. I know he and Nick are tight, but I think he called the game he called and he called it just well enough for the Eagles to pull out a victory in the fourth quarter. I- I'll, I'll admit some reservation. I think A.J. Brown is someone worth keeping an eye on. 
that uh, the fact that he is uber motivated to have a big game this week. Hopefully it, it pushes him to new heights rather than takes him out of his lane a little bit. Yeah, I think. And I think it's more likely. I think the issues with AJ recently were the ankle. I uh, remember he got banged up uh, early in the Washington game. Uh, I believe it was. Um, and then he wasn't right. And, and, and obviously the illness and the, burst blood vessel and losing seven pounds and you know that you're not going to be at your best in that type of situation so he's had some issues over the past couple of weeks and and i do think um he's healthier um and he and he wants to play really well against this team and i think he will i think he will because i think he's a dominant player and i think because of things health reasons he hasn't been quite as dominant over over the past couple of weeks and i think you're going to see him get back to more of the traditional the normal aj brown and if my concern for aj brown is this not a lot my concern for trying to stop derrick henry is that because uh derrick henry is arguably the best back in football he wasn't last year because he was hurt Kudos to Jersey's own Jonathan Taylor jumping in and taking that spot for a season. But I'll tell you that um, I still think Derrick Henry's the best back in football and is again this year. Josh Jacobs may lead the National Football League in rushing because he had an unbelievable week last week, including a mega run in overtime that put him up and over the top in the lead for the uh, rushing title. We saw last week Derrick Henry can be stopped. The Cincinnati Bengals stopped him. They held him to under 40 yards rushing, but they did so by loading the boxes. And they brought a bunch of guys to the line of scrimmage and an extra linebacker on the field. And the Philadelphia Eagles just don't do that. Jonathan Gannon has his system. He plays it. He doesn't move off it. He is very strong in his belief that this is the best way to win football games. And, hey, the Eagles are 10-1, and one, and the Eagles have the second-best-ranked defense in the National Football League. But there is something to be said for matchups, John, and Derrick Henry against the Eagle defense is a matchup that should concern Birds fans going into the game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, he's always a concern, as you point out. I mean, this is if he's not the best running back in the NFL, he's on the very, very small list to be considered uh, in that conversation. So um, even if you you try to stop the run, he's a guy you 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 have to worry about. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the Eagles philosophy and, and, you know, their philosophy is uh, stop the run as much as you can with a light box and, and then try to limit explosive plays on the back end as much as possible. I don't think that changes with Derrick Henry. I don't think that changes at this point of the season when you're 10 and one, I don't think that changes more importantly with Reed Blankenship playing safety and Josiah Scott playing nickelback instead of Avante Maddox and CJ Gardner Johnson. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Cincinnati and that's what that former defensive coordinator who um, is very, you know, uh, tied in with this team. <laughs> I'll give that hand. You can stop anybody if you want to stop the run, including Derrick Henry including Zeus himself, if you want to stop the run. You want to put all 11 in the box? You can stop the run. Um, 
You're going to get killed in the passing game. No, but so it's it's as many as they put in the box last week, Ryan Tannehill didn't kill him. Um, yeah, well, you know, there was a big play to Traylon Burks. That's what people are excited about uh, down the field. You kind of saw it here with the Eagles, uh, with Christian Watson um, getting loose. That's what you want to avoid as much as possible. Uh, and that's the difficulty. Now, you also don't want to give up 250 yards rushing. Um, so it's a give and take. And if you start looking at it, but I think the Eagles, you know, it comes down to five-man fronts versus four-man fronts. And they should play a lot more five-man fronts this week. And Jordan Davis, uh, they started his practice window. We'll see. You know, they're not going to say till Saturday at 4 o'clock if he's going to be active for this game. Um, but the fact that they started his practice window is a, a good sign that he's getting very close um, to have both of those guys, Jordan Davis and Limbaugh Joseph, being able to keep both of them fresh and rotating, um, I think is really going to help uh, the run defense down the stretch of the season. Um, and we'll see if that gets started as quickly as this Sunday. Um, but that's going to be the change if there is a change. More five-man fronts. All right, and you mentioned that uh, they activated uh, Davis's window yesterday, um, so he is going to get a chance to uh, at least practice this weekend. They got a decision to make come Sunday. If he's good to go, who comes off that defensive line? Because we know Marlon went to the uh, injured list with Davis, and that's where you plug in your two additions of Joseph and Sue. If Big Jordan ready to go, uh, they, they going to – is Milton Williams becoming an active guy? Um, how, how do you think they, they, they slot guys out? I know several weeks they've gone with an extra offensive lineman. They've gone with nine. Last week they played Andre Dillard at guard because they believe they've got him up to speed enough. He filled in for Dickerson. They only had eight offensive linemen dressed game day. How is the uh, the, the roster going to shake out on game day if uh, Jordan is ready to go? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles – I mean, obviously, as far as I think the most important part is, um, as far as those two particular players, um, I think it's going to just – you know, they're going to rotate – amongst themselves in other words they're going to play nose tackle shade occasionally and that enables you to not play Javon Hargrave there which is a good thing not play Indomitian Sue there which is a good thing uh, so you don't have to waste reps on the nose for those guys who don't do it quite as effectively so I think that that part's the biggest but yeah if you're looking as far as the odd man out. I'm looking at the numbers game, Joe. I'll trust Jonathan Gannon to put him in the right spots, however that may be. I'm just wondering who's who's sitting. Yeah, as far as the odd man out, I mean, to be honest, you know who I would do? I would I I would I'd not play Robert Quinn. I mean, he doesn't give you anything anyway on the edge. Um, you know, he wasn't good in Chicago. We talked about that a lot. You know, Brandon Graham and, and Milton both have versatility to where they could kick outside and play a little bit of edge uh, for you. That's the way I would go. 
Um, they're not going to do that, though. So, yeah, I mean, Milton's Milton's uh, uh, the odd man out. It's it's Ndamukong Sue or Milton Williams. So, you know, they you brought think there's a possibility a they could sit, too? No. That's my point. Okay. <laughs> no. They're not going to sit in Dominican Sioux. So, yeah, to me, the odd man out's got to be Milton Williams. And that was one of my problems with bringing in both of those guys because I think Milton is a good young player. And I don't think – I think there was a necessity for Lynn Ball Joseph. I don't think there was a, ne- a necessity for to bring in Dominican Sioux here. understand where you're coming from, and I like your solution – uh, Milton could get outside and play a little on the edge. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. You do it, no. I do it. I don't think the Eagles are going to do that. We'll ask the, that very question of our first guest for the day. We're uh, Delaware bound. Martin Frank going to jump aboard with us here on Birds 365. Stay with us, Birds fans. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Thursday here on Birds 365, Sunday's opponent. They're going to bring it against the Philadelphia Eagles. Good test for the Birds. Uh, we uh, allow Martin Frank to jump aboard with us. Martin, I, I love the fact that you always do it from the dark. Um, <laughs> Mar- Martin doesn't try and get outside and get the birds. No, he pulls into his little it's coffin. It's too cold. And too windy. It is cold. Yeah, it's a little chilly. Uh, uh, John and I always get the dog out before we get on the show. Yeah. So, yes, we can attest to the cold. Uh, Martin, we appreciate your braving the cold and hopping on board with us. Not bad Eagle news yesterday. Uh, they uh, activate the practice window for Jordan Davis. Uh, Dallas Goddard was there and said he's planning on being back the first available week. He can be the Bears game after his uh, spot on the IR. And the Eagles didn't make a move for a safety yesterday. Do we read into this that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will be back in less than four weeks because he wasn't placed on the IR? Um, I wouldn't necessarily read into that just yet. I mean, they don't have to, you know, I mean – as long as they put him on IR before Sunday, it doesn't really matter if they do it now or Saturday afternoon or whenever. Um, I mean, it, it seems like an injury that could take a while. Um, I've never had a lacerated kidney, uh, but it looked pretty painful from, you know, watching him, you know, not really being able to walk off the field uh, Sunday night. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the IR move still comes. It just might not come until, you know, they know more information, probably like Friday or Saturday or something like that. But definitely, if it, if it does happen, it'll definitely be before the game on Sunday. Yeah, I thought it was a slight positive, Martin, because, uh, you know, if it's deep back to maybe they just put them on there right away and try to bring in at least another practice squad body. They have Marquis Blair, but uh, you probably want another. But maybe it's, you know, if, if they do activate Jordan Davis by Saturday, uh, you need a spot for that. So it could be as simple as that, uh, you know, manipulating the roster that way. Sure. Um, I think it says more, though, about Reed Blankenship, uh, at least for the short term. They want to see what Reed can do uh, with this safety position instead of panicking and getting, you know, I, I think Lynn Ball Joseph and, and Dominican Sue kind of spoiled Eagles fans into believing, oh, you can just get that type of player at each position yeah. this late in the season. That's not the case. But you can go out to other practice squads and maybe get a guy and pilfer a guy you want. I think this says more about Reed Blankenship and they want to see him. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And, and also, you got to look at it, you know, if you're bringing someone in off the street, um, I don't know. I've heard the name Jaquiski Tart mentioned. I mean, oh, you didn't hear that. Where did did you hear that? Were you on the phone with Jaquiski's sister? Come on, you you, you didn't really hear his name. But my point is, like, if you're going to try to bring in someone off the street, you know, like they did with Sue or or Linval Joseph, it's different at the safety position because A, you have to know a lot more about the defense, and B, you have to be like in pretty darn good shape i'm not suggesting that linval and and sue aren't but they're not running around as much as you know someone who would be thrown in there at safety and you know it'd probably take a couple weeks for them to get up to speed and maybe you're figuring by then you know there's a chance that chauncey gardner johnson will be back or pretty much close to it i mean you can kind of you know if it's like a four week or less 
type of injury, you you can probably take your chances with a guy like Reed Blankenship. And if you have to put, you know, throw Kayvon Wallace in there every now and then too, you could probably get away with that. Um, but if it was like a season ending thing, you know, they might go out and get somebody. Yeah. Um, in that case, give it a couple weeks to uh, get up to speed and then you make a nice playoff run. But uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I mean, it does seem like Chauncey will be back at some point. We just don't know when it, when just yet. Yeah, and 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 from the Dallas Goddard perspective, I mean that was a big positive. Obviously, Dallas is not eligible until December eighteenth. But man, he ditched the sling. He was happy. Uh, you know, I was shocked. I turned around and there was Dallas, and he's not only talking, he's willing to talk in detail about the injuries. So um, yeah. the fact that there was no dislocation, no torn ligaments little bit of a small fracture in his labrum um that's as positive as it gets for the eagles i mean it seems to me he's going to be back against the bears on december 18th and this offense hasn't been the same without dallas goddard they've done some nice things i mean anytime you can run for 363 yards martin that's pretty impressive but the passing game has not been the same without dallas goddard is that fair to say it is, and, and they're going to have a pretty big test against the Titans because the Titans have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. I think they give up like 85 yards a game, something like that, on the ground. So, you know, the Eagles aren't going to rush for 363 yards again like they did against the Packers. And I'm taking you know, the under. I'm taking, I've taken the under all week. Yeah. Under, uh, 360, under 363. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be close. No, I don't uh, – no, absolutely, they're not going to – they're not going to run for 363 yards against the Titans and Hertz probably isn't going to run for 157 or whatever it was against the Packers. So, you know, they're going to have to try to, um, you know, win by passing, by passing the ball. And yeah, that's kind of been an issue without Goddard. I mean, they can't really rely on any of the other tight ends and Jack Stahl or Grant Capitera or Tyree Jackson to pick up Dallas Goddard's load and, you know, you know, maybe you throw more to Quez Watkins, which is what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be tested definitely as far as passing the ball. Martin, I put this to Johnny Mack just before we punch you up. Maybe you heard the uh, question while you were uh, on hold getting ready to jump in. Um, the Eagles have – there's a chance that Jordan Davis could be activated for the game. They activated him to practice this week, and they have to make a game day decision come Saturday. If he's a go, somebody probably has to come off that defensive line for the roster on Sunday's game. I'll, John talked about, well, it depends on they're going to play or, you know, over the center and uh, with a five-man front line. I'll give Jonathan Gannon the benefit of the doubt. He knows who he wants to run out there, and he doesn't even know because you got to get into the game and it's down and distance and the score of the game and everything else. So all right, we can't plot out every single guy on the defensive line, every single play, but they got to make a decision as to who's actually going to be active for the game. If Davis is back is one of their current defensive linemen inactive. Um, Yeah, it would seem like it. I mean, you know, Milton Williams would seem to be the odd man out. I mean, he's been playing well and, and they like him and everything, but I mean, you already have, if Jordan Davis is activated, you got five guys. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, rotate in. Uh, it's hard to rotate in all those guys. 
you know, in, in the game and everything like that. So, you know, Milton Williams probably looks like he would be the odd man out. I mean, you know, I heard Johnny Mac suggest Robert Quinn should be, and that's a pretty good idea, but I don't know if they're going to actually do that. Um, yeah. It's been kind of surprising. They haven't gotten a whole lot out of Quinn. Um, you know, it figured when they signed him, like he only had the one sack in Chicago, but he was playing like 68 or 70% of the snaps. So you figure, you know, he might be more productive if you, you know, rotate him a little bit more, reduce the snaps and everything like that. But yeah, it hasn't really worked out so well just yet. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, if you were going to, if you were going to do it based on who deserved to sit out the most, it would probably be Quinn, but it looks like it'd probably be Milton Williams. Yeah, and, you know, Robert's interesting because he also faced a, a ton of uh, double teams in Chicago, um, which I think was the Eagles' thought process and saying, well, he's not going to see double teams here. And that's been the case, but um, hasn't been able to generate the pressure that they would have desired. Um, and a little bit of a disappointment. So most things have wor worked out for the Eagles this year. Uh, at least that trade early on has not. Uh, but, you know, when you're 10 and 1, you start to nitpick, Martin. So we're to the nitpicking portion <laughs> of the program. Um, special teams. Yeah, we got to talk to Michael Clay earlier this week, the, the kickoff return issue. And the thing is, it hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, one week it might be kick coverage. One one week they might give up a fake punt. One one week they might have a blocked field goal. Uh, one week it might be the return issues, their own return issues. Um, but each week it's something on special teams. Is it is it just to the point of hey we're ten and one with bad special teams? What's the big deal? Or do they really have to focus in on on tightening up this group as a whole? Um, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I can't, I can't even count how many times Michael Clay, you know, went to the phrase, you know, we're 10 and one. So, yeah. you know, there are a lot of well, other yeah. teams who'd like he, to be. He kept pointing to that, huh? Yeah. When, when you had your yeah, media availability, like anybody didn't know that the Eagles were 10 and one, he yeah. threw that out there a couple of times. Well, right? they were 10 yeah. and one, you know, what, what would Jim Schwartz used to say, Martin? It said, what, what, you know, we'd ask him how, how your defense is playing. Oh, yeah. He'd say seven and three, four and six, yeah. whatever. Ten and one. Like ten and one. And eight or yeah. Yeah, yeah, ten yeah, and exactly. one. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's got a point. I mean, if you look at a lot of, you know, if you look at other teams, I mean, they're much bigger issues than special teams and everything like that. And it just depends on how you look at it. Like, you know, a lot of people break it down into thirds, like offense is a third, defense is a third, and special teams is a third. But I, I would argue that offense and defense are more than a third, and special teams is probably less than a third, maybe like 40, 40, 20, something like that. But, yes, I mean, ideally you'd like to be better in special teams than the Eagles are. I mean, you know, their kickoff coverage the other night was pretty pretty bad. They gave up like three long returns. Um, and like John was saying, like something always – seems to break down every week whether it's getting a punt blocked or giving up a long punt return or not returning very well themselves which they're also pretty bad at but you know I mean there isn't a whole lot they can do right now I mean you know if you want to put a starter back in there yeah you could you know start or two back in there yeah you could do that and I think 
you know, Avante Maddox's injury um, is, you know, this is kind of one of the areas where you see the effects of not having Avante Maddox because he was always a really good special teams player. And even as a starter, well, I mean, as a nickel Yeah, that's how he got hurt, covering up pot in Houston. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you know, he's 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 one of the starters who was a solid special teams guy. And I think not having him not only hurts them, you know, at the nickel spot, it also hurts him on special teams. So, you know, by the way, real quick, Martin, um, we, we haven't talked about the, the return game as much recently because the, the coverage has turned into the issue, but it's going gone back and forth. You know, every once in a while, I'm, you know, flipping on a different game when the Eagles play so much at night, you're you're able to watch some other games. I see Miami putting Tyreek Hill back there, uh, returning punts. The Eagles did it with Devontae Smith. Why not why not do it? What what what, what where is this evidence that oh you're gonna get hurt on, on punt returns? If Tyreek Hill can be back returning a punt, anybody in the NFL should be be able to go back and return punts. Anybody. Yeah. Why aren't the Eagles? They did it on kickoff returns. They're finally on Boston Scott. Now, Jody knows, I said from day one, just put Boston Scott back there. They tried Wes <laughs> Watkins. He can't do it. Britton Covey, he can't do it. Not that Boston Scott is great, but they're a little bit better on kickoff returns now that they finally put Boston Scott back there. They're better on punt returns when Devontae Smith is back there. Yeah. Why not use them? I'm surprised they haven't. I was, I think it was the Green Bay game. I was thinking to myself, it was early, maybe the second quarter. I'm like, you know, this would be a good spot for Devontae Smith to go back there and return the kick, you know, return the punt. And, you know, still Brayden Covey. I don't, I don't understand that. And, you know, they do have uh, Greg Ward on the practice squad. I mean, if they're yeah. that, disappointed in in Covey or you know they could always you know elevate Greg Ward have him return a punt I mean he's not gonna get you he's not gonna return a punt like 69 yards or whatever for a touchdown but you know I, I would feel a lot more secure with him returning a punt than maybe Britton Covey um uh, it's always you know one of the things the Eagles did so well like back in the day was you know they would they would put Deshaun Jackson back there. I mean, yeah, you know, Miracle in the Meadowlands Part Two and all that doesn't happen if if Deshaun Jackson isn't back there returning that punt. So yeah, for it, yeah I'm surprised, back there. I'm it's surprised they haven't used Devonte Smith more. I think they might have used him once or twice yeah. all year. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, Martin, and, and one and last that question. gave you an indication. Sorry, Jody. That gave you an indication that they were willing to do it, and all of a sudden they're not willing to do it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. But sorry, Jody, go ahead. I just want to ask one last special teams question. I swear we'll get off special teams. Uh, <laughs> Michael Clay pointing to the fact that they're 10 and 1. If you're one of the special teams coverage guys and you saw the tape and they broke it down for you and the Packers returned the ball from eight yards deep in the end zone and got it out the midfield, that should be bothering you until you hear your coach go, yeah, we're 10 and 1. If you're a player on that coverage unit, don't you say, yeah, we're 10 and 1. I'm not going to sweat it. I don't have to put extra time or effort in. We're 10 and 1. Coach says so. We're good. Do you run the fear of doing that when that's your defense? Yeah, and you also look at the other guys on your roster. I mean, if they had somebody better, 
they'd be using them by now, you know? So if you're one of those guys saying, oh, yeah, we're 10-1, and one. our coach is using that defense, I don't have to worry about anything. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of solutions. You're not going to, like, sign a guy off the street just for special teams if you can't contribute anywhere else. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, they are what they are, and you just got to hope that, you know, it doesn't cost them a game, especially in the playoffs, because – you know, any little slip up there and, and that could be the end of your season. Certainly happened that way with the Packers in the playoffs last year. Yeah. All right, Martin, more pressing is can uh, John made a smart move the other day, say he's going to take the under on the Eagles rushing for 360 this week. That's not the rushing stat I worry about. It's is Derrick Henry going to go for a buck 25 against this team? No Jonathan Gannon's defense, no his philosophy, no how he's going to deploy his players. They may just say, all right, Derek, as long as you're not getting 200, we're okay with that. If he goes for 125 plus, does that make this a game the Eagles could lose? Depends how many carries he needs to get to that 125 plus. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he averages, uh, I mean, everybody knows that the Titans are going to run. So um, that's no secret. I mean, their passing game isn't very good. I mean, they miss A.J. Brown tremendously. I mean, Traylon Burks has potential. He's the guy they drafted, you know, when they traded um, when they traded A.J. to the Eagles. But it's not, I mean, it's not the same. You can key in on the running game, and the Eagles are obviously better equipped to do that now with Linval Joseph and Domicon Sue and and possibly with Jordan Davis coming back than they were three or four weeks ago when Davis first got hurt. So, you know, if if it takes like Derrick Henry 40 times to get those 120 yards, I mean, you can live with that. Um, That's three yards of carry, you know, it's not going to kill you. I mean, but if he's doing it, like if he's breaking off like 12, 15 yard runs, you know, they're going down, marching down the field and scoring. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. But um, there's no secret as to what the Titans are going to do. They're giving the ball to Derrick Henry and they're going to run the ball. And, you know, the Eagles have to show that they can stop it. And that's going to be the big question about Sunday's game. Yeah. Are we too fearful of Derrick Henry at this point uh, because of the, the way the Eagles play defense? If you look at his last three games, I think it was the Broncos, uh, 19 for 53. Uh, Packers, 28 for 87. Uh, Bengals last week, 17 for 38. This offensive line isn't that good in Tennessee. And and I shouldn't say that. The tackles aren't good. The interior's okay. Um, uh, You know. Uh, are are we looking too much at the old Derrick Henry, the apex Derrick Henry, when he rushes for, you know, 200, 220, 230, you see some of the big playoff performances, you say, wow. You, you, you know, it's almost an aesthetic thing, Martin, because when he gets going, he looks so powerful and, and, and um, it, it looks so dominating. But at the end of the day, they have not run the ball that effectively they run it a lot because they have to run it um Mm -hmm. but everybody knows they're running it as you pointed out so it makes it a little bit easier nobody's scared of brian Tannehill, as you brought up Traylon burke's starting to develop a little bit but he's not aj brown 
is it just Eagles fans are fearful of the running game, so they're fearful of Derrick Henry? Well, I think they're fearful fearful of what happened in the running game. You know, when Davis first went out, um, you know, the next couple of opponents like had big rushing games against the Eagles. Uh, you know, Damian Pierce with Houston. You know, Washington pretty much. But I would argue, Martin, sorry, Brian Robinson did not. They gave up 3.1 yards per carry. The longest run they gave up in that game was 11 yards. Yeah. They faltered in other areas, which I think like third down conversions on the ground. I I don't care whether it goes for 3.1, 6.8, 1.8. If it's third and one, you can't stop them. That's not a good defense. It wasn't just third down run. Like if you're averaging three yards a carry, though, you know. First and ten, you're down to second and seven. Second and seven, you're down to third and three, third and four, third and three. You can do pretty much anything. I mean, you know, you can't defend that. I think even Darius Slay said that after that game. It's like, you know, third and one, third and two, third and three. It's hard to play defense in that situation. And that's what Washington was in. I mean, I think their third down conversions were like, were they 12 for 16 at one yeah. point? I think they ended up like 12 and for 21. I think 21. that was the bigger issue, the situation. Yeah, so, I mean, failures. yeah, you can give up like three yards of carry like they did against Washington, but they also ran it 50 times, you know? So um, they had a lot of short, third and short situations, and you can convert that pretty easily, even if you pass the ball, you know? The, the thing is with uh, Derrick Henry is – Well, I like to look at it like the Eagles, for example. You know, they ran for all those yards against the Packers, but the Packers had to respect the Eagles' passing game. I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts has been having an MVP caliber year. He gets the ball to A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. I mean, the Packers have to account for that. You know, the Eagles don't really have to account for Ryan Tannehill beating them. I mean, he might, but it's not the same. Um, And Derrick Henry... You know, they know they're going to put like eight eight guys in the box to try to stop Derrick Henry, and you know, take I don't think they are. Who, That's the who's going to put eight guys in the yeah. box? Not the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they don't do <laughs> that. They don't yeah. do that. They want to play the light boxes. But here's but here's what here's what I'm getting at. This is probably the better question. So I'll throw mm-hmm. it to both of you guys. If I tell you right now, we're on what what day are we? I never know Thursday. what day we're on Thursday. December 1st. Um, happy December. Happy December to all. Oh, yeah, December. Wow. Um, yeah. See, Martin doesn't know either. I didn't know. Martin doesn't know. At least one It all runs days. together. Thanks to Jody. If I told you Derrick Henry's going to run 35 times, he's going to get 3.1 yards per carry. His longest run is going to be 11 yards. Are you guys taking that? Because that's a small... That is a small margin for error for Tennessee. They can win the game, but all these other things, that's the point with the Washington, the one loss. All these other things have to go wrong as well to get you to the point where you're going to win a football game by running it 35 times for 110 yards. Right, Um, but John, John, you, you did some pretty good slanting of the numbers. Last week, Cincinnati put eight or nine in the box. And they held them to 2.2 yards per carry. The week before, the Green Bay Packers put eight or nine in the box, and Ryan Tannehill put two for 350 yards. He didn't go back quite far enough. The against Kansas City, he ran 17 times for 115 yards, 6.8 yards per carry. The week before against Houston, he ran. Well, you missed Denver. Times. 
for you two, Denver were three in a row. Understood. But Denver, Denver puts eight in the box too. What did the three teams have in common that have actually slowed them? They'll put eight or nine in the box. What won't the Philadelphia Eagles do this weekend? Put eight or nine in the box. He rushed two games for 6.8 yards per carry. Which one do you think is more likely, John? He's going to rush for 2.2 yards against this Eagle defense, or he's going to rush for 6.8 yards like he did twice in the last five uh, games? Well, yeah, more likely would be 6.8, but even more <laughs> likely would be somewhere in between. You know, I don't think the Eagles are going to hold him to 3.1 yards per carry. I just bring up that Washington game because everybody focuses on it. Because that was the lone loss. And everybody thinks they lost that game. Not everybody, but a lot of people think they lost that game because they couldn't stop the run. And all I'm saying is that's not the case. That's not why they lost the, that game. They only gave up three-point yards per rush. They only gave up – the longest run they gave up was 11 yards. That's the only reason I bring that up. You have an ability to give Derrick Henry – 4.2 yards of carry, four point, which is the more likely scenario that's going to happen, and still beat Tennessee with the light boxes if you limit explosive plays. My concern is, can you limit explosive plays even with Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks, and, and they don't have A.J. Brown anymore, and they don't have the dynamic quarterback with Reed Blankenship and Josiah Scott? That's what I'm more concerned with. Reed Blankenship and Josiah Scott. Here's what I'm Martin, more concerned what's with. What's your biggest concern? Todd Martin. Um, my biggest concern, I think, see, I think even if they give Derrick Henry an average of like four yards a game and he rushes the ball like 30 times and gets, you know, 115, 120 yards, and they're in good shape. Like you go back to the Washington game, if they don't fumble the ball three times in the fourth exactly. quarter. They win that game. I mean, as great as the Washington running game was and averaging three yards a carry doesn't indicate that it was great, but it was still effective because they kept the Eagles offense off the field. That's what Tennessee is going to want to do. They're going to want to, you know, get first downs, long drives, sustain long drives, you know, score a touchdown every now and then and, and keep Jalen Hurts off the field. I mean, the guy's the NFC offensive player of the week. He had like, He's had an unbelievable season. Uh, the Eagles offense can score. You know, they can drive down the field, long drives as well. They can score quickly. Um, so you want to keep them off the field, and and that's the concern. So, you know, if Derrick Henry's, you know, getting 30 carries a game, Tennessee is going to control the uh, time of possession, in which case, you know, when the Eagles get the chances – they might not get as many chances as they did against Green Bay, but when they do get their chances, they have to convert. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, they didn't do it against Washington. They lost the game. <laughs> they did it against the Colts in the end, and they ended up winning the game. I mean, that's the only difference between them being 11-0 and 10-1 and right now is, you know, they, they didn't get as many chances against the Colts, and they took advantage when they did. And they're going to have to do that against Tennessee as well. John put out a, uh, a prediction uh, earlier in the week and doubled down on it this week. He's taken under Eagles 330 yards rushing, uh, which I think is a pretty smart move. But I'll put this one to you two. Under over, more rushing yards this week. Jalen Hurts or Derrick Henry? Uh, I'd go Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry rushed for, what, 32 yards last week and 
Uh, Jalen rushed for a buck fifty. So you're gonna take the guy who ran who rushed for yeah. thirty as compared to the guy who rushed for a buck fifty, huh? Well, yeah. I Mike Brable to me is a very good defensive head coach. Yeah. Um, you know, Jim Schwartz is down there as a senior de- defensive assistant. Um, so you kind of know they're about stopping the run first and foremost. Uh, they do a good that, job of it too. You know, we were we were talking to one of the Eagles offensive coaches, Martin knows, and they were like, they're not going to stop it, so we're going to keep doing it. Running. They were kind of scratching their heads on what Green Bay was trying to accomplish uh, defensively as well. Um, I don't think Tennessee's going to play that way to no. where you say, um, I don't know what the hell they're trying to do, but I, I think they're going to be very focused on limiting – Jalen Hurts is uh, running, especially coming off uh, last week's game. Mark? Yeah, I agree. And and that's what makes this game so interesting is, you know, you got A.J. Brown, um, as much as he said yesterday yeah. that he's going to approach it like any other game. I mean, he wants to go crazy against the Titans. And the Titans' defensive game plan is probably focused on stopping the Eagles' running game so how can the Eagles beat the Titans? It's through the passing game. And if A.J. Brown has a big game, that's going to be a pretty interesting feather in his cap. <laughs> it's, I, uh, I know I know. neither one of you guys are as into this as I am, and I'm relatively admitting I'm not sure why this is the case. This opened up as a wagering line with the Eagles favored by six and a half. It's come down to five, basically across the board. And in at least one place, it's down into the fours, which surprises me. The I Eagles, didn't even know that, uh, to be honest. Uh, that surprises I, that's me. That's why I said this is something that I would probably more mm-hmm. often have an answer for. But I'm telling you, I don't have an answer. Because usually when the line moves like that, it has something to do with injuries. That somebody's going to miss a game. Uh, statement, but man, guy's been put on IR thought he could play that looking doubtful if anything the eagles injury news has been better than expected so i don't i don't know of any titan guy who was looking like he was out now looks like he's gonna play uh, are you surprised that the eagles are only a five-point favorite against tennessee this weekend guys um i, I would think like some of that has to do with not having Dallas Goddard in there. I mean, when you look at the Eagles right, but offense, they didn't have Dallas Goddard in there when they set the line at six and a half. Maybe it's CJ. Maybe it's yeah. CJ. But they were Maybe. also um, – Did you really think there was a chance on Monday that CJ Gardner could no. play this week? No, I didn't. No. Maybe, no, you know – Nobody who knows the Eagles or football yeah. did. Maybe it's just Tennessee losing. Maybe that affects it. Um, coming in a little bit more focused, a little bit more – Hungrier, okay. Hungrier. Uh, that's that's all I could think of. Um, that concerns me. Anytime when you lose a game, and that was a big loss for Tennessee because, you know, what they went through last year is the number one seed, losing to Cincinnati in the playoffs, so disappointing. Then they do it again. They're going to be ultra-focused in this game, trying to get back uh, on the right path. Uh, that's all I can think of. That's the only yeah. thing I can think of. I don't, I don't I don't know either. I mean, I know the Eagles haven't been like as heavily favored in the past few weeks because they haven't had Goddard. I mean, you know, team, you know, maybe they have questions about the Eagles offense and everything like that. But yeah, for it to 
drop that much in the course of a week seems kind of strange when nothing new has really happened. All right. Uh, uh, prediction from you, Martin. If an Eagle tight end is going to catch a pass this week, is it just a given that it's Jack Stoll? Could Calcaterra, did Calcaterra catch one last week for like two yards? Uh, minus two. Negative yeah. two. Yeah. Negative yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, that, that's one you don't need. So his two catches this year have been 40 and negative two. You talk about the end, two ends of the spectrum. Um, they get anything else out of uh, their tight ends this week, or is it just uh, that much more to A.J. Brown to try and replace Dallas Goddard? Yeah, I think they go pretty pretty exclusively with the 11 personnel, the three wide receivers and everything. You know, you, I mean, Stahl plays like, what, 80%? He's been playing 80%. Yeah, he's been playing a ton, yeah. So, but I mean, they primarily use him for blocking. Um, he might catch a pass or two, but um, it's going to be the three wide receivers. It'll be uh, AJ Devonte and and Quez Watkins will get some get some opportunities, and you know Jack Stahl will be used to uh, protect help protect Jalen Hurts, and uh, you know maybe Calcaterra, Tyree Jackson get a few chances here and there, but. Um, I don't see the tight ends like having a Dallas Goddard type production game. No. All right. At and Prank NFL, last one for me, Martin. We've kept you too long. I apologize. Read Ugh. Martin, uh, DelawareOnline.com, Delaware News Journal. Uh, it is Delaware football against South Dakota State, Dallas Goddard's South Dakota State. What the heck are they? Jackrabbits? Jackrabbits. Yep, Jackrabbits. Yep. Um, Poor Delaware. Do they have a chance against the the mighty Jackrabbits? Uh, no, they do not. They oh. they played. Uh, they just played buried South them Dakota before State. they kick it off, Martin. Don't do that to the home state team. <laughs> Dude, they played. They played South Dakota State in May of twenty one in in the spring semifinals, and uh, they got cream like thirty three to three. Uh, you know, South Dakota State's the number one team, and and in F FCS and everything they're playing at home. It'll probably be like 20 degrees and uh, Delaware isn't, isn't as good as they were that one year when they went there for the semifinal. So it's not going to be close. I don't think Delaware is blue much of a chance. hens. You <laughs> heard it here first. Blue hens win this weekend. Martin, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on, spending as much time with us as you did. We will certainly be punching you up again. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road, big guy. All right. Always a pleasure. Take it easy, guys. Martin Frank Thanks, doing Martin. this on Birds 365. Um, we know our guy uh, from Bleeding Green Nation, uh, BLG, is the 
biggest of the Eagles uh, beat reporters. Is Martin number two? Is he the second tallest guy? Or am I missing? T- oh, uh, Johnny Clark. No, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's uh, John Clark. Yeah. No, Martin's uh, eh, he's probably six one ish. Okay. Six foot. He's not overly tall. Uh, BLG is a power forward. Yeah. Uh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny. Johnny Sunshine's a, a small forward. Jimmy's a small forward. Jimmy's six three, six. Is Kebsky six three? Yeah, he's tall. Damn. Yeah, I'm I guessing. Thought Martin might be as tall. All right, uh, we're playing the power game here on Bird Street sixty five. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, joining us next hour, we're going to get a specific Tennessee insight. Uh, Teron Davenport, who was with us way back at the beginning of the season. We previewed a, a, a couple of teams, all the teams on the Eagles schedule. So we talked Eagles-Titans way back in August. He's going to join us again since they are now on the schedule coming up on Sunday. Tennessee versus Philadelphia. Uh, Turin Davenport is going to join us about 20 minutes from now, thereabouts. Uh, but I got a couple more things I want to run by Johnny Mack. So stick around here on Birds Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
got your Mac and Mac guys, Jenna McDonald and John McMullen here with you on Birds 365. Tennessee Titans come into town. Um, and we talked about last seg with, with Martin, John. Maybe the Eagles are catching them on the wrong week. I know I caught them on the wrong week last week. I thought Tennessee was the best play of the week, trying to abstract revenge from last year's playoff loss against Cincinnati. And to the Bengals' credit, they just took it to them. They beat them fair and square. They got the better of them. They did have a strategy to stop Derrick Henry that worked, one that neither you nor I have faith that Jonathan Gannon will deploy this week, which is dare the quarterback to beat them and just load up the box. What was it you said earlier in the show? You can stop anybody running if you yeah. want to commit enough guys. Uh, you can stop an army if you want, uh, but then you will leave yourself open for attacks elsewhere. The Eagles aren't going to do that this week. So you got a very motivated uh, Tennessee Titan team coming in that haven't given up 20 points or more any time in the last eight weeks. That's a pretty good run to go eight straight weeks without giving up more than 20 points. Uh, are they going to be able to do that against the Seagull offense this weekend? Um, it's a good question. I mean, the Eagles offense is very difficult to deal with. Uh, you know, when they're at full strength, again, they've been a little bit uh, – a little bit more limited without Dallas Goddard is the best way to describe it. But even when you say that, they still, you know, put up a heck of a lot of points uh, against Green Bay now. Mm-hmm. I think Green Bay did a really poor job when it came to coaching, game planning, scheming uh, from the defensive perspective. Uh, but they did it, and I think it's going to be more difficult against Tennessee. I think Mike Brable's a really good uh, defensive coach. Um, they're really tough, you know, first thing everybody says about Tennessee is that, and it becomes a cliche, they're tough, they're physical, but they're tough and they're physical. Yeah. And, uh, starts with Jeffrey Simmons up front. Who's one of the best defensive players in this league. Um, they're good. They're good defensively. That's the strength of their team. That's the way they're built. Um, you know, they have. Good players at each level. As I said, it starts with Simmons. But if you go, you know, Kevin Bayard's been one of the best safeties in the NFL for a while now. Uh, Andrew Adams coming out of nowhere to having a great season. Um, So they've had two safeties. He was here for a very short time. Um, You know, David Long is not a a name that a lot of people know, but he's, he's a really good linebacker. Uh, he's turned into one. Um, they're, yeah, I'm, they're a, just, I'm a Bud Dupree guy. I think he's one of the better linebackers in the National Football League. Well, he's more the edge rusher guy, you know, and he's up front with, uh, and, and you know, Nick Sirianni's a big Bud Dupree guy. Danico Autry as well. So they have, they have you know, Autry plays more, um, and he's probably their best edge rusher, but Bud's, you know, right there. Um, but Simmons is the guy, um, and he's, he's a big test. Um, and, and, you know, that strength versus strength, the Eagles offensive line can't give them enough accolades. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with Simmons. Cause he's, uh, he's a really, really good player. 
We know that Jalen Hurts is coming off Player of the Week honors uh, yesterday when we had Mike Gill on uh, Johnny Mac saw it on Twitter that he had won Player of the Week, which I was surprised to find out he had not won previously this year. He'd won Player of the Month, but he hadn't won an individual week. So when he won yesterday, it was the first time he won Player of the Week honors. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes didn't win Player of the Week, but he won Player of the Month. So the two guys who were tops for the MVP have both won Player of the Month uh, awards this year. Um, yeah, no Eagles Player of the Month this month. None. How did that happen? Yeah, who knows? Uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Month in the NFC. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Month. Uh, Joey Sly, Special Teams Player of the Month. So. No Eagles for players of the month. Somehow the Eagles will uh, have to be able to get over that. Um, you've, you've mentioned a couple of times, and I've brought it up a couple of times, that you're going on the under on how much the Eagles are going to be able to run the football this week. Uh, and it's a smart play because Tennessee is very good against the run. Um, but they're also very good against the pass, and we're speculating how A.J. Brown will handle going up against his former mates. We don't think, I asked Martin, is there a possibility of the tight end making a big play in Dallas Goddard's stead this week? He's nah, probably not. I tend to disagree, uh, tend to agree. It, could this be a Devontae Smith week? If Tennessee knows that the Eagles might be get the ball to A.J. Brown because it's important to him, maybe they roll coverage that way. Is this a week where you think Devontae Smith could uh, go off and have a 100-plus yard day? Huh. Um, I think they're more likely, it's more likely to be an A.J. Brown the, the week because, um, you know, despite what the Eagles say, they, they're they aware of what the game means to them, as I mentioned, to start the show. And I think, you know, that'll be the focus. I mean, you never know. I mean, that's the thing about this offense is it is somebody different every week. And, um you know, you go back to the first Washington game. That's when Devontae had his sort of career game. Um, and and he had the spectacular game we were all waiting for. And it's gone back sort of to normal. I'm more interested in the passing game as a whole because I think it's going to be a big – I think they're going to need to throw the ball to win this football game. And they haven't been a great passing team since Dallas Goddard left the lineup. So I'm very interested in this test from that perspective. Who is it? Is it AJ? Is it DeMonte? Is it Quez Watkins? It's probably not going to be Jack Stoll. Um, so I'm, I am interested to see how heavy it gets toward one receiver or the other receiver, but it's probably going to be the receivers more than anything else. Uh, Got to be honest with that. Tennessee's got a couple of uh, tight ends that they're not unwilling to throw the ball to. I'm not going to tell you that uh, uh, Austin Hooper will decide the game on Sunday, but if you're talking about um, weapons they can use over the course of the game, they've got a couple of tight ends um, who've got upwards of uh, 200 yards receiving this year. Who is that going to fall to coverage-wise? Is, is Reed Blankenship going to be asked to be the guy? to match up against uh, Tennessee's two tight ends in this game? Or do you think they're going to try and use uh, Kaiser White in coverage on the tight end if that's going to be part of the Tennessee game plan? Because they not not only do they throw it to tight ends, they go with a lot of two tight end sets, 
who's going to get coverage duties on that? Well, I mean, the Eagles don't play a ton of man coverage. So, you know, when you talk about the middle of the field, it's going to be, you know, the Kaiser Whites of the world. Yeah, the Reed Blankenship, the Marcus Epps, uh, quarters coverage mainly. Um, so guys are getting passed off uh, in the middle of the field. But, yeah, typically with the tight ends, it's going to be the safeties or, or Kaiser Whites. A little bit of TJ Edwards thrown in there as well, um, who is – you know, a really underrated uh, pass defender, really savvy He's guy. He's not bad. Yeah. He is not a bad uh, no. defender, pass defender. And people won't admit it, but they, he does it each and every week. Uh, so, um, you know, it's one of those things where you're not going to say, hey, Kaiser, go shut down Austin Hooper or Marcus Epps. Um, obviously, C.J. Gardner-Johnson would be a big impact on that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles have been very good, uh, with pass coverage by and large, they weren't great last week. Um, and you know, kind of understandable when you lose, uh, CJ in the game. Also that Avante Maddox injury, I've been talking for a while now. That's, that was, that's a big injury that we don't talk about enough. We talk about it probably more than anybody and we don't talk about it enough. Other people don't talk about it at all. That is a big injury, and and the Eagles have not handled that well. Josiah Scott's made some plays, but the consistency's not there. And usually when they give up a big play on third down, it's usually got to do with the slot. I, I tend to agree. One of the reasons why others, and you included us in, us in that, but said we talk about it more than anybody else, and I agree with you there. We've got no news on him. Yes, they I, saw him, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. Okay, so uh, when's he playing? Uh, he is eligible uh, next week, not this week, uh, to start his practice window. Um, it, that, you know, I, I remember seeing it because I saw it in real time. I said, oof, that's going to be an issue, that hamstring. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little bit longer. But the fact that I saw him, that was the first time yesterday I've seen him since he got hurt. Okay, that's a that good is, sign. That's a good sign. Okay, because that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't think he gets talked about as much. If you're suggesting people are missing the boat on this, I agree with you. It is a significant. It isn't just a plug-and-play. Josiah's got in there, drop-off's not great. Oh, no, drop-off's pretty significant. But I think part of it is that he hasn't been around. And there hasn't been any speculation. And uh, the coaching staff hasn't given us an update on where his progress is in his rehab. That's why I think it's been maybe a little understated because I think it's one of those out of sight, out of mind things. Yeah, and it shouldn't be because he should be in everybody's mind because the fact that he's out of sight means uh, Josiah's been out there. And like I said, he's he's, you know, he had the interception. Uh, he's made some big plays. I know Baldy has been focusing on him on his breakdowns over the past couple of weeks. His good plays. He doesn't seem to focus on the bad plays. Um, in Indianapolis, and they didn't throw the ball a ton, but when they had big plays, they were all against Josiah Scott in the slot. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big issue, and 
Avante Maddox is every bit as important to this team as C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I'm not going to go Dallas Goddard because Dallas is really important. But, um, yeah, for whatever reason, people haven't uh, framed that the same way. It's kind of a head-scratcher to me. Yeah, as I scratch my head. Um, I did see that. I want to get this in before we get uh, Teron Davenport up from ESPN. Uh, how often do you go to Sport Track for NFL contracts, J Mac? Uh, a decent amount. I usually go over the cap uh, before, but decent amount. Um, Sport Track over the cap is is more hard and fast numbers. I did see this yesterday on Sport Track. They will also project potential contracts for players as per the stats they're putting up as in comparison to the other players who are already signed under contract in the NFL. What do you think the number was for Jalen Hurts? Sportrack uh, came out with an, a guesstimation on what his contract is going to look like going forward. A dollar over Kyler Murray's? <laughs> I um, don't know Kyler Murray's. I know the number that they put out. How uh, does... If I tell you it's a five-year deal, what do you think the total is going to be? Uh, five years. Uh, and, of uh, course, the guaranteed dollars and everything is the the the, the money, the detail is uh, all important. Uh, and I don't remember what they said about the guaranteed dollars. But overall value of a contract, five-year deal, Jalen Hurts. $220 million. Damn, exactly right. 44 Really? $44 million per year. I think it was 223 or something like that, but you almost hit the nail right on the head, J-Mac. Um, yeah, that's what they're projecting for Jalen Hurts. Uh, we talked about last year during the summer. Could he be a $30 million quarterback? No, that's... Could he that's... actually be... Could Jalen... Oh, no, no. He can't get the 30 per... 30, 35, 40. How does 44 and change sound? Yeah. And this is not just picking numbers out of the air. This is Sportrack doing uh, mathematical projections from other contracts that are already done. And here's the scary part. Lamar Jackson's got to get done. Joe Burrow is capable of being done. He opens up the same window that the Eagles do this year. They can talk to Burrow. Herbert can also oh, yeah. come up for contract uh, negotiations as well. So all three of those are going to be in play. While the Eagles are trying to get something done with Jalen Hurts, timing could be everything. It's going to cost the Eagles a pretty penny to keep Jalen Hurts and Eagle Green. Yeah, and I, I just looked up Kyler because that's who I was trying to remember. Uh, he was at uh, five years, 230. So actually, I would go higher. Uh, I would now go, I would go five years, 232. Um, that's where I would start if I were, if, if I were Nicole Lynn and Jalen Hurts' agent. I mean, I'm not even have a conversation. That's where I start. And one of the things that got Kyler Murray as high as he was, and this is something we've seen in NFL contracts before, it does matter where you're coming from. You would think that it shouldn't wipe the slate clean. Let's look at what he did and let's solely negotiate. There is a uh, ongoing trend of how much of an increase in your contract you're getting as well. And Kyler Murray 
was the number one pick in the draft. So his increase from where he's finishing up his first contract isn't near as drastic as Jalen's increase second round uh, pick as compared to the number one overall pick. That's why I think Sport Track had him just below Kyler Murray. Any way you square it, Jalen Hurts is going to cost the Eagles a lot of money this yeah. offseason. All right, yeah. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you. We'll take a quickie timeout. We'll get a specific Tennessee Titan look next. Turn Davenport, who was good enough to hop aboard with us before the season started, give us a preview of the Titans before the year got underway, is going to do so now as the Titans and Eagles meet this Sunday. Keep it here with Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh. And go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Got your Mega Back guys here on Birds 365. We are 
joined by a Tennessee Titan expert. He comes in day in, day out for ESPN, ESPN.com. Uh, Teron Davenport jumps aboard with us here on Birds 365. Thanks for uh, joining us again, Teron. We talked to you way back in the summer. Thanks for doing it with us uh, prior to the Titan-Eagle game this week. If I had told you back when we talked in preseason, after 11 games, the Titans will be 7-4. and four. That'll be good enough for first place in their division. But seven wins, four losses, would you have said, oh, man, really? I thought they'd be better or... Oh, we'll take that seven and four better than we were projecting. Or yeah, that's about right. Seven and four, you got it, Joe. Which would have been your response if I had forecasted their seven and four start exactly right? Yeah, I would have said that's about right. I mean, this is a team where twelve, you know, twelve and six or twelve and five was kind of like where I, I could see them being. So, you know, that's that's right around where they, where they should be. I mean. They've uh, weathered some storms. They they won some games that they probably shouldn't have with, with injuries and stuff. So I can see them uh, being right where they, they should be. Uh, good to see you, Teron. Uh, welcome back. Uh, Philly guy coming back to Philly this week. Always exciting to see uh, Teron Davenport. You and I used to talk a lot about receivers back in the day when you were covering the Eagles. Right. Um, and this is A.J. Brown week. Um and he is one heck of a receiver. Um, how are things sort of developing down in in Tennessee with the the move away from a you know great player, twenty five years old, uh, difficult decision from Tennessee's perspective. You see Traylon Burke starting to develop a little bit. How yeah. is that kind of whole thing shaking out? Yeah, well, well, you take away a guy to led your team of receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns for three consecutive years, it's always going to hurt. And I think that's what happened with the Titans. Initially, they had some struggles. Teams were really stacking the box. I mean, they've always stacked the box against Derrick Henry, but at least in the past, they were able to make teams pay with A.J. Brown murdering one-on-one covers on the outside. Well, you didn't really have that for most of the year. And then up until the Packers game, Traylon Burks just, he exploded, right? The first series, he had a 43-yard catch. He had a 51-yard catch to seal the deal towards the end of the game. And that was on Jair Alexander, by the way. So, yeah. you know, that yeah. really elevated him. That was his first 100-yard game. And then the very next week against the Bengals, he had four receptions for 70 yards. And the big play was they went play action. Ryan Tannehill, he looked down the field and he saw Traylon Burks digging in and, and tucking and running. And he said, man, I got one life to live. <laughs> and he just threw the ball up there. Yeah. Traylon Burks went up and he snapped it. And it was a 51-yard gain, and I love what he did afterwards. He got up, and he just flexed on the crowd. And just the emotions there, I could tell that was the buildup of just so much disrespect. I mean, when you are outside one-on-one and they have zero safety help over top as a receiver, like that's – you take that ultra personally. And finally, they made a team pay for that. So it, it even excited me, and I don't have a horse in the race. But just as a former receiver, you know, I see that. And I'm just like, man, you got to take advantage of it. They finally did. So it's coming along now. But initially, it was it was a struggle. All right. We're going to tap into the fact that you're there every single week. Watch every single game. Uh, check some film afterwards on Derrick Henry. Uh, this year, he had a five-game run of 100 yards every single game. Um, 114 against Indy. 
uh, 102 against Washington, 128 against Indy, uh, Houston, only 219 yards, another 200-yard day, and then 115 against Kansas City. Last three weeks, not so much, including right. completely being shut down by Cincinnati. So we've seen the best of uh, the best running back in the NFL, and we've seen where the NFL's best running back can be shut down. How and why did the last three opponents just – overcommit to the box and and say that's one way we're not going to did the other teams where he ripped off five straight hundred yard games not give him enough respect why the differential in the production from Derrick Henry yeah there's a variety of reasons first and foremost it started with the Broncos they start to give that bare front where they're covering the guard center card and then you have your linebacker stacked in the gap behind them so all gaps are just controlled and when you have a zone blocking scheme what you're doing, you're not blocking men, you're blocking gaps and areas. So if you're flooding those areas, it makes it harder for the offensive line to get where they have to go and move the guy out of the way. Now, when you go to the Bengals game, you also had an influx of Mike Hilton being sent on run blitzes coming off the edge. And he was tackling Derrick Henry behind the line of scrimmage multiple times. I think he had like 12 tackles that game, four of which were on Henry. So you have that, and then the Bengals also were shooting their linebackers in the gaps where you had D.J. Reader, who was a criminally underrated player. Uh, he's a lot like Jovan Hargrave used to be with the Steelers where you're just occupying those gaps and not allowing yourself to be moved, and then the linebackers are able to come in and get free hits. And that's what D.J. Reader was doing. And Sam Hubbard had an awesome game too as well coming off the edge. So when you combine all of that, you get a guy tackled in the backfield. And another thing that was happening is the last two weeks they were without Ben Jones, who was one of their, their best offensive linemen. He's been, you know, the cement for that O-line for the last three to four years. So you have that. And then just to give you a stat, so you look at the, the Packers game, Derrick Henry was tackled 0.9 yards after he got the ball, or he was hit, rather. Last week he was it was 0.8 yards after he got the ball. So he's getting the ball, taking a step, and he's getting hit. And anytime you have a back who really relies on getting that momentum towards the line of scrimmage, getting his shoulder square, that's what he does. So when you can slow him down, it makes it a lot easier to tackle him and bring him down. And that's pretty much what happened. Well, let's talk about that offensive line, Teron, because uh, you mentioned Ben Jones and, and Nate Davis seems to be having a pretty good year. Yeah, uh, other than that, uh, though, they seem to have some issues, especially a tackle. Is that fair? Yeah, um, yeah that's that's very fair. The left tackle situation. And that's why, you know, I was really curious when Andre Diller came off of IR. I was curious, you know, if, if the, the Titans would make a deal for him because I feel that he's a, a solid left. He's a better left tackle than Dennis Daly. And he's someone I think in free agency they should make a move for. But, you know, Taylor Lewan went down. And, uh, you know, that left tackle situation has been kind of shaky. And then you look at the right tackle. you got Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, a rookie out of Ohio State. He's still coming along. I, I mean, you could run to that right side. They, they do that pretty well. But, you know, uh, it, it's, it's been tough sledding. You know, Nate Davis has been solid. But, see, when Ben Jones went down, you take your left guard, Aaron Brewer, and you move him to center, and then you bring Dylan Radins in. So now you're going down the depth chart at two positions, and the results show. And you know offensive line here in Philadelphia, Jeff Stoutland, what he's been able to do with the Eagles offensive line. 363 was that number last week. Uh, 
1948, last time the Eagles run have run for that much, uh, it was unbelievable. And I'm I'm interested because this is strength versus strength. Right. That's that's the strength of the Tennessee defense is stopping the run. Um, couple things. I I want to ask you. No one. How how much impact do you think Jim Schwartz has on that defense down there as a senior uh, defensive an, a, analyst? Because you know he was always stop the run first, stop the run first, yeah. stop the run first, and now with Jalen Hurts and this unique offense, and they can they can beat you numerous ways with the running game. How good? How equipped is Tennessee to stop it? Yeah, I think Jim Schwartz has had a pretty big impact. Uh, they were very multiple as far as their fronts are concerned, but they've gone more to four and sometimes five-man fronts over the last couple of years, and obviously Schwartz has been here the last couple of years. But as far as being equipped to stop the run, I mean, it, it starts with Jeffrey Simmons, and he's a guy that is able to, to get penetration, get in the backfield and blow things up. Sometimes he doesn't get the tackle, but he redirects the running back now his path is altered and somebody else will come in and make the play. But you know what? It's not just a homecoming for me, for Jim Schwartz. It's also a homecoming for Tier Tart. You know, he's a Philly kid, West Philly, and uh, 93 is, is his number. And they put him over the, the center sometimes. And, and, you know, in between that, that, that center and guard gap right there, that A gap, and, and he's able to do some things also. So those guys are critical. Your, your corners, they tackle really well. The safeties, Kevin Byard, another Philly guy. Uh, and Amani Hooker, you know, they come up and tackle David Long. Watch David Long, number 51. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned him. He's mentioned a good player, name. man. Yeah, David man. Uh, he's the player. player of the year at West Virginia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's a guy, like, he plays like he's on fire for real, like literally on fire. And you'll see him just kind of come up and weave around the tackles and and, and make tackles that way and, and do those things. So it's, it's those guys, right? You got Bud Dupree coming off the edge, but – the big thing in this game is Danico Autry is probably not going to play, and he's quietly been their their most consistent defender over the last year and a half. So not having him is going to be a big thing for that that up front, you know. But I, I still think they could get the job done. Oh, Teron, I asked you about uh, Derek Henry and how certain teams have been able to stop him. How much they have to commit to be able to keep him from running wild. What are the Titans going to do to stop Jalen Hurts? Now, I'm going to take – Johnny has said a couple times on the show the last few days, he's taking you under 360 yards like the Eagles <laughs> had last week. Uh, I'll also take the under 150 and change for Jalen rushing this week as he did last week, but he can go for 100. What do you think Tennessee does to try and not get beat the way the Packers did by the Eagles rushing quarterback on Sunday's game? Well, in talking to the guys yesterday, it was really about being coordinated with their pass rush. Now, obviously, you're going to have those runs that are dialed up. You know, like when, when the Eagles go empty and, you know, they have the two interior guys run the outs to move the backers out of the box and just have a free rushing lane for them on the QB draw. Those are things where, you know, you got to make it 11-on-11 11 11 football, right? So a guy like David Long or, or Imani Hooker, you know, when they go big nickel, you know, you could use those guys to be a, a, a mirror, you know, of uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, that's something that you got to do. But the coordinated pass rush is critical because what Jalen Hurts likes to do is let you run past him, you know, when you're rushing him. And he'll step up and he'll find that lane and he'll get going that way. And that's some of the things that you see, 
you know, on, on third downs, right? You know, everything's covered, and you get a good pass rush, and he fires that crease, he takes off, and he steps out of bounds, and it, it's a first down. You didn't even get to hit him to make him pay for it. And, you know, a lot of these people, you know, they make me sick when they say that him running the ball is not sustainable because it absolutely is. Because you do not see Jalen Hurts get hit hard. But no, you look at your pocket guys. You look at yeah. your pocket guys and in, in standing in the pocket, and, and they're looking this way. And what happens backside? They get body rocked, and, and you say, well, that's the same sustainable. I would much rather be able to control the hit than be able to then, you know, be hit blindsided and not know what's coming. But, you know, that's a tangent that I, I'm sorry I went on, but it just it makes me sick when people say that about Hurts. But, um, yeah, you, you just have to be coordinated with your pass rush. You can't let him get get out in, in, in open space. And not only will he run to get rushing yards, he'll run to look down the field to drop a bomb to Devontae Smith to, to uh, uh, what's my man? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Quez Watkins? Quez Watkins. Yeah, him too. Yeah, Quez can run. <laughs> yeah, Quez can run, man. Um, well, let's talk about Jalen. I mean, you, you bring up the point, you know, this is such a unique player, Teron, getting yeah. to see him each and every week. Um, I always say, I, I coined this earlier in the season, the Eagles are not run first, they're not pass first, they're Jalen Hurts' uh, first offense. Um they can beat you in different ways on different weeks and going about it. Um, you mentioned that the running ability, he does, he doesn't take big hits. It's amazing. When he got hurt last year, he got hurt in the pocket. People forget about that. He got hurt uh, against the giants in the pocket when he, when he hurt his ankle. Right. Um, it, the, the kid's work ethic is unbelievable. Number one, yeah. uh, his, his leadership skills, are unbelievable. I didn't see this coming though. This is this is this is the number two guy in the MVP race behind Patrick right. Mahomes, deservedly so. Um, you're you're on the outside looking in now. When you see this sort of leap from year one as a starter to year two as a starter, could you have imagined that it would be this effective? I couldn't have imagined it would be this effective. But here's the thing, man. When you have a really good player and you put another really good player around them, this is the result, right? It's no coincidence that Josh Allen got really good when Steph Diggs came to, to Buffalo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me. I can't say I expected it. But I, I just – I tell you, Jalen Hurts coming out, and I caught a lot of flack for this, but I said, you know what? He's the most NFL-ready quarterback in that draft class. And I, I felt that way just from talking to him at the Senior Bowl, watching him play, talking to some of his teammates. This dude, you just knew that he could get in front of 10 guys and say anything, and they were going to follow him wherever he went. And that's what you're having there in Philadelphia. You know, that's really the bottom line, in my opinion. As we give Jalen Hurt credit for the leadership he showed from the day he showed up, uh, now taking it to a new level as an MVP-level quarterback in the NFL, how's he comp to the... Tennessee Titans quarterback is Ryan Tannehill a similar leader of men a lesser leader of men um, what's the dynamic in the Titans locker room with their quarterback as a leader Tannehill is a different leader of men Jalen Hurst seems to be a little more rah-rah and he'll give those those post-game speeches and those type of things Tannehill is a guy he leads by his toughness and honestly he missed those two games Earlier this year, I was shocked 
to tell you the truth, because that dude is tough. And I, I tell you, I remember a game at Indianapolis last year. Um, he walked off the podium after he spoke to us and like his neck was real stiff and he was, I, I told him, I was like, man, you, 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 you know, you're one tough dude, man. I got to give you credit for that because just the way that he walked off the podium, you know, after that game and he was getting murdered, like hit after hit after hit. And he got up and he kept hanging in there and throwing the football. A good example of his toughness a couple of years ago, right? Josh Allen from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He was closing in on him, right? And Tannehill was just like this. He threw the ball. Josh Allen was about to hit him. And you know what he yelled? Lay up. And guess what happened? <laughs> it was a 26-yard touchdown. Perfect over-the-shoulder throw to Adam Humphreys for, for a TD, man. That's the type of toughness that Tannehill has, and that's what dudes really love about him. So as far as leadership, he leads that way. And also his consistency, too. No matter what the situation is, he's never too high, too low. He's always the same kind of like aloof dude that he is, and uh, the guys really appreciate that. Well, then in that way, he's like Jalen, because that's Jalen. <laughs> yeah, that consistency, yeah. He's yeah. a flatliner. Yep. Very yeah. steady. You know, you talk about tough and physical, Teron. Anytime I hear somebody talking about Tennessee, that's the first thing they say. Yeah. Tough, physical team. I think it, it relates back to Mike Grable, the head coach. Um, is that overblown or is that what the Tennessee Titans are? No, that's that's them. You see it all over the field. Tough is right there. They have different phrases. But toughness is, is, is one of the ones. Physicality is, is there on the field, you know, surrounding it. It's in the building. So it's it's a mindset, you know. Mike Vrabel likes to refer to his guys as street rats, you know, because he, he feels like no matter what the situation, they're going to find a way to survive. And that's it's something that I've seen them do. All right, Teron, I don't know if you follow this as closely as at least one of us do here in Philadelphia. Uh, if the coin flip goes the Titans' way, <laughs> will they immediately say, we will defer? Yes. Will the coach think about it? How does it play? Oh, by the way, the Eagles have won nine out of 11 coin flips. They're undefeated the two times they lost. They're 2-0, and which, hmm. oh, by the way, means they're 8-1 and or 7-1 yeah. when, oh, when they actually yeah. win the coin flip. Uh, so they're doing pretty well either way. But how does Vrabel handle the coin flip? Yeah, it's if they if they win, they're always they're always going to defer. They want defense to go out there and set the tone. I mean, there are some times where they'll they'll give the offense the first take, but nine and a half out of ten times, it's defense you're up first. Now, does that piss Derrick Henry off? No, no, okay. no. all right, it, it doesn't. It, you know, it, he's Derrick is another one of those steady guys that you, you don't really see get too high or too low. I, I've seen him get emotional twice this year. Once he had a long run against the uh, against the Texans, it was a touchdown. He took his helmet off and went back, back crazy, you know. And then another time, just last week, he got hit. Uh, Logan Wilson, the linebacker out of Wyoming, hit him, and he didn't like it and reacted. But those were the only two times. All right, last one for me, Teron. I'm going to put you on the spot. At T Davenport underscore NFL. Make sure you follow uh, Teron on Twitter, ESPN.com does a tremendous job uh, covering the Tennessee Titans, one of the best teams in the AFC. He's going to make the playoffs again. Um, you were here uh, in 2017. Um, 
You saw the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Um, you see this team. It's the more talented group when you look at this roster. I th- I think top-end talent, it, it is a more talented group. I, I will say that. Um, that team was just so gritty, though. You know, they they won close. And that was a big difference from 16 to 17. Those close games that they were losing in 16, they started winning in 17. But the thing is, this Eagles team was winning close games, too. You look at the Colts game. You look at the Jaguars game. They're finding ways to win. So uh, there are some similarities. I, I think uh, defensively, this team might be a, a little more talented because right. you look it up front and then also – that 17 team didn't have Darius Slay. Slay no. is a different – he's a different creature, yeah. man. That's yeah. he's, he's very sticky. And uh, we'll see who he sticks on this week for the Titans. All right, John said he's going to put you to the test. Oh, no, I'm going to put you – compared to what I'm going to ask, as uh, Ryan Tannehill said, this that was a layup that John mm-hmm. gave you. I'm going to okay. make it that much more difficult. Coming to Philly this week. Coming home this week. What is the must-do to Ron Davis experience? A historical visit, a female, a meal. Where you go? As soon as the plane touches down, you check in at a hotel. You got a couple hours to kill. What is Teron Davenport doing in Philly? Well, honestly, as soon as I touch tomorrow, I'm getting right into an Uber. I'm going to a youth detention center, and I'm speaking to 16 to 20 youth right over there uh on second of march that's that's what i'm doing um i gotta get i, I have to you know hit max's cheesesteak get get one of those uh i'm a cigar guy so ashton cigar bar you know nice. i gotta do that very nice so, yeah man it just uh can't get a good cheesesteak in nashville toronto can't that? get a good cheesesteak in nashville <laughs> uh you know what um right around the corner back here i got i got a griddle and i you know there I do what go. I do. Oh, not have to go out right for here. He whips them up. Why the hell would yeah. you go out if you can make one yourself? That's Good right. Yeah. You. Right. Thank you very much for coming on board. And uh, thank you also for coming home and putting some time and effort into the community and going seeing uh, the young guys as well. Uh, not yeah. surprised. You are a class act, and we appreciate whenever you hop on with us on Birds 365. Thank you. I'll, appreciate I'll you guys. See you, see you Sunday, Toronto. Yes, sir. Yeah, be careful. Johnny McMullen's a spiller at in the press no, box. There. It happened yeah. once. I call it the incident now, Teron. I call the, it the incident. And I will never let the incident die. So just yeah. stay, keep keep your dip. Wave to John. You can talk to him, but okay, would, from a distance. Hey, you, you? Keep, keep a couple <laughs> feet in between. Uh, Teron, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate All right, sure. It. Take peace. That is uh, Teron Davenport from a former <laughs> Philly guy. Uh, doing the Titan coverage thing for ESPN these days. All right. The Incident Man, John McMullen, along with me, Jody McDonald. We're coming back. we got to put a bow on the show here on Birds 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Magamac guys here on Birds 365. Final segment for you on this Titan Thursday on show number 417. We just keep racking them up, kind of like the Eagles and wins. Uh, John, I'm less staunch in my belief that the Eagles are going to win this week. I'm leaning toward the Eagles. Um, um, probably could tip my hand and say I'm not going to pick the Titans to win the game tomorrow, but I'm not as sure of it. And here's one that I can absolutely give you. Three weeks running, yours truly predicted the Eagles to win 30 to 21. And I guess the closest was this past week when they won 33 to 30. Uh, but I picked the exact same score three weeks running. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to pick 30 to 21 this week. Probably going to take the Eagles. But we'll wait for tomorrow. Johnny and I will both get officially on the record tomorrow. If the Eagles do win on Sunday... They are guaranteed a playoff spot, minimum of a wild card. Is there any celebration after the game? No. I, I, by the way, I haven't looked at that. I think something else has to happen. There's. Oh, a, yeah. No, no. I'm saying it's yeah. fine. In addition to their winning. Sorry if I didn't explain yeah, that yeah, well yeah, enough. Yeah. Oh, uh, San Francisco's got to lose. Seattle's yeah, got to lose. Giants got to yeah. lose. Yeah. Bunch of stuff. Has, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. The playoffs aren't 
part of the uh that's not the goal anymore maybe that was the goal when it started but that shifted many many weeks ago now i don't think there's going to be any celebration when that uh, ultimately happens um and it's going to happen um yeah the the goals are are much 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 larger now because this was a talking point, certainly for me and others on Sports Talk Radio here in Philadelphia. When the Phillies clinched a playoff spot, it was only a wild card spot. You knew it when it happened. It yeah. was the Friday of the final weekend against the Astros. Oh, they celebrated like their hair was on fire in the locker room yeah. when they As qualified. well they should have, by the way. As well they should have. Right. And it's different then- for the good teams. The good teams. And and the Phillies turned out to be a oh, good team. I was going to say, so the Eagles are a good team no. and the Phillies weren't? No, there are different levels. It, it, the Phillies were at the Washington Commanders level, and they got into the playoffs, and they made a run. If the Washington Commanders make the playoffs, yeah, there's going to be big celebration. Uh, the, Eagles, the Eagles are a number one seed team. If they don't get the number one seed, there's going to be a dis. There's going to be tremendous, tremendous disappointment and a missed opportunity. Different levels is what I'm trying to say. Right. Different so the, levels, and the expectations certainly change over the course of a season. You're also saying because the Eagles, let's be honest, coming into the season, were oh, a yeah. team that grabbed the final wild card spot in the NFC last year, and then were summarily dismissed in the first round of the playoffs. So if you tie it back to what well, would you do last year, making the playoffs would be a good thing. If yeah. you tie it to well, what are yeah. you doing right now this season? How's it going? I'm in agreement with you. The yeah. expectations things have changed higher. dramatically. Things have traded changed dramatically by the way shout out to malcolm jenkins um uh because malcolm went on twitter i want to get this out there before we leave uh because so many people have been asking about malcolm jenkins how are we gonna call malcolm jenkins and i said no 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 um everyone's asking if i'm coming back technically the saints have the rights to my contract that's one of the problems I know Eagles fans love a comeback story, but don't think you'll get one this time. But I meant what I said. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's, he's officially put the kibosh on it, huh? Pretty much. Pretty much. He leaves the door open. Ten, you know, as I said, if CJ Gardner-Johnson is out for the season, that might open up some things. But anything less than that, no. Right, but uh, and we speculated early. Those who streamed in later on were here at the <clears> beginning. <throat> Shame on you! You got to be here at eight o'clock. No, we we love everybody. No matter what time you stream in, thank you very much for doing so. But I will ask you to hit that like button before you uh, take off today. Um, we did say earlier, no news on Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but you can do some reading between the lines. Who did the Eagles bring in as a potential safety, either replacement? and or just bringing up the backside of the roster so that you have a balance as per number of safety jobs. Who did they do in the last 24 hours? Uh, nobody. So it's, uh, it is uh, Marcus Epps, Reed Blankenship, Kayvon Wallace, Andre Sachere, and the great Marquise Blair on the practice squad. Understood. So that's it. Did the Eagles come out and say, well, we expect Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back in two weeks, three weeks? No, they didn't. But by their actions, you can probably infer 
that they think they're going to be okay and they're going to get uh, Gardner Johnson back. And that is maybe one of the reasons. Maybe maybe Malcolm's thinking along the same lines as the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Well, it's not going to be stepping in as a starter and it's not going to be the, for the rest of the year. So now I'll just stay retired at this point. Uh, hey, I uh, wouldn't mind seeing Malcolm come back, but if he's not coming back, that's good news. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, chances are he's going to be uh, back before we know it. And the Eagles are getting healthier to other positions. They got their practice window open for Jordan Davis, and Dallas got it yesterday in the locker room. Sounded like a guy who's going to be back as soon as he possibly can. So that's good news. I got more good news for you. John McMullen and Jordy McDonald will be back here again tomorrow. It'll be a football Friday. We'll get that much more in-depth on the matchup between the Eagles and the Titans. And in, I will include us going on the record and making picks on the game. McMullen, I know you're feeling slightly better today. Get a little rest. You got to uh, head into South uh, Philadelphia today? or Yes, uh, yes. Big practice today. Uh, locker room, open locker room, the whole nine yards. Very nice. Uh, so he will be armed with information when he rejoins us tomorrow. I'm back here. Manana, you in, McMullen? Yeah, let's do it. You get the Mac and Mac guys tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.